Welcome back to the SpinCast Podcast. This week I have a good friend of mine from high school, Matt Jackson. He's calling in from Dallas, Texas, and we're going to talk about some really fun, fun things. I hope you enjoy. Cheers. So, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Today I have Matt Jackson with me. He's actually an old friend of mine from uh, high school. We haven't talked in... What has it been, Matt? I don't know. Like, uh, uh, I'm I'm guessing somewhere on the side of 13 years. I said that more or less. Yeah. You know, I've, we're, we're 31, 32 respectively, I believe. Yep. And that means that, generally speaking, that means we haven't spoken since graduation. Yeah. It was a, so it's been a long time. I actually don't even... So you're remote as well. Um, so you're not here with me. But uh, I actually don't know where the hell you are in the world. Oh, ge- ge- geographically? In life, in geographically are two different things. Well, but, uh, geographically we first. We'll get into... Uh, geog- <laughs> geographically, uh, I, I live in Dallas, Texas. I've lived there for uh, approximately 11 years. Really? Uh, I go to yeah. Dallas like all the time. I don't know I, why I know we you haven't... Do. I, I, I know you do. I know you do. In fact, I've seen... You be like, I'm in Dallas doing this thing. And I'm like, oh, look, that's kind of like, you know, I do that a lot on Facebook. Uh, you know, I see somebody in the area and instead of doing like the extroverted thing of like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit this person up and talk to them <laughs> and hang out with these people that I haven't seen in 10 years. And I realized that may not go over as well in my mind as it, as I, it should, you know, <laughs> it may come off as like, hey, do you remember me? I'm from high school. You know, like. <laughs> Like, and you know, I'm into weird things now, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't surprise people like that. So instead I just go, Oh, look at that. And then I, I move on with my day, you know, Fair uh, I don't, I don't use Facebook except for figuring out how people are doing in their lives. You know, I, I, I enjoy that actually, as, as we've gotten, gotten older, uh, you know, aim, if you'll remember from back in the day, AOL instant messenger kind of yeah. fell by the wayside. And I'll be honest, I logged in once a year ago and nobody was on. And I was like kind of surprised by that and a little bit hurt because that was like our main method of communication in circa early 2000s you know yeah that was it that's what we had that's an interesting kind of like uh, i guess like part of life that i think we grew up in this weird generation where you know young enough that we uh saw technology kind of take off like i remember having my first aol screen name and uh chatting in chat rooms and stuff like that mm-hmm. and, and then solicit, and trying to solicit asl i mean you say that nowadays and everybody's like what does that mean yeah. i actually had somebody say that and i'm like you really you really have no idea like it's you know lexicon at this point yeah i, mean, I don't know how you how do you know not you, know that yeah it's like how do you not so, know what that means you know <laughs> but uh, then you know and but then it was the- such uh such a like a big facet of our communication like i just remember just in high school um like even when you would like go to the library and stuff, you would like try and like log into the AIM, uh, you know, th- website because we couldn't install the program or whatever, and it was like this <laughs> shitty, you know, on Internet Explorer, just trying to like chat with your friends on this stupid thing. And now everyone and no one uses it now. You're exactly yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's just it's just a graveyard of of you know <laughs> adolescence or something. I don't even like you know. It's, I, it's, it's, I it's, do it's kind of- kids even instant message anymore i feel like they just text each other well and like, you know, they, they do Instagram. they do like they have they all have personal communication devices while we had personal communication devices but we only had access to it for like three hours a day and that's how we got by uh, yeah but know, i think they're not using they're not using uh 
instant messenger AOL instant messenger anymore. No, Probably no, not any not. really chat program at all. They're like Snapchatting each other. I mean, I guess technically yeah. that's a chat program. It has chat yeah. in the title, but uh but uh yeah, they're like just sending each other Instagrams and uh I sound like such an old man sent Kids I know, just back in my day, other. we had yeah. the AOL Instant Messenger. These, these, these kids with their face grams and their Insta books. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, I started, I started quoting Tennessee uh, Williams. I was like, and then we had 13 gentlemen callers on the Blue Candy Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, hey, look, English class. It, you know, I, I, I find myself, like, often referencing weird works of art or real literature from from my past, you know, I always say, you know, like I, I want to fully understand something. I say I want I want to grok it. I wish to I wish to grok. And I like and I I said that. And I realized like nobody's read Stranger in a Strange Land these days. That's not like a required reading material anymore. Yeah, uh, it, it's definitely one of those things that I've noticed. Uh, people of our generation have used. Like I I've, I've said that. I've had people that I know say that to me. Like, do you grok or whatever. Uh, and yeah, like if I said that to my nephew, no clue. He'd have no idea what I was talking about. Yeah, and it, 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 it is it is it is interesting that over you know as we get older, I think uh, I, I feel like number one, like I feel like we were the first generation to see a lot of very interesting things. Uh, one of the things that I had noticed the other day was that I felt like we were the first generation that was told. The entire time, from you know the first grade pre-kinder to 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 you know to high school age, that if we didn't want to be a failure in life, we had to go to college, and we were yeah. told that, and like almost to the point that I actually refer to it now as brainwashing, because I can remember having that conversation and being told you have to try hard in school and go to college and get a good job, and I understand why all of those people said it. But I also kind of resent them for it because not a single one of them told me that the hardest part of college was going to be paying for it because they didn't know. Like yeah. they, they, they couldn't have known. Yeah. It's either they didn't go or at the time it was uh, significantly cheaper. Like I, I, I think I talked to my mom about this a while back uh, and, you know, she went and got her master's. She actually recently got a PhD, uh, but uh, when she got her master's originally, you know, I was, I was maybe two or three years old when she got a master's, like the amount of money in total that she spent on a college education and her master's is like a quarter of what I spent on a single bachelor's degree. Um, yeah. yeah. And the scary part, the scary part of that is 10 years, you know, 13 years later, I, have you looked at what like a single semester cost a, ch- a child nowadays, you know, like no. public Public, you know, it's it's. I have I have you know I have a lot of work friends that are you know about ten years older than I am, and therefore they have college age kids, you know. And these kids are just like, yeah, we're just gonna borrow, uh, you know, eight thousand dollars a semester. And I'm like, and I said, like, what are you what are you getting into? That's gonna like because I I know your parents, I know relatively what they make salary wise. Like, what are you what are you gonna like do with a, a seventy thousand dollar education at this point? You know, I mean, yeah. with, with room and board and books and everything. Like, I don't think you. I don't think you grok how how insane that amount of money is. Like I don't like I feel bad because you know at a certain point in time that college degree basically guaranteed you a job, and I kind of feel like that fell by the wayside, and then nobody got the memo, you know. And then ten years later, 
It's doubled since we went. I'm like, I mean, that's yeah. insane to me. Nobody's salary has doubled in the last 10 years. I mean, like, you know, you know, a, a person working at McDonald's does not make double. A person working in, you know, systems administration does not make double what they did. You know, we have the average rate of inflation and then we had the, the market crash a few years ago and kind of everything kind of settled back in. And now we're back to this point where we're like, you know, I don't know where, I don't know where this money is supposed to come from. And that's, of course, why we know that student loan debt has surpassed credit card debt. And that's why, that's, that's horrifying. I mean, I, I can't imagine right now the, me making the money I make right now and then having $60,000 worth of debt because I'm already like in the, like, man, I don't, I, I live in a crappy one bedroom apartment. You know, I have my car paid off and I really don't have like a lot of luxuries. I don't, I don't live in a very nice neighborhood, you know, all of these things. And I'm like, dude, does anybody really understand what they're getting themselves into? I kind of feel like it should be illegal. Like, I kind of feel like you're like, listen, you're just 18. You have no idea how much money you're about to try to borrow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And what's, what's even weirder about that, I mean, or shittier about that situation, I suppose, is like I went to school uh, for music and I don't hardly use that degree at all. Like, I don't work yeah. in that at all. Um, so it, it actually hasn't provided me, like my education hasn't provided me the opportunities that I've had, you know, like the, the opportunities that I've taken where I've ended up now is absolutely not because I went to college has nothing to do with it, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I also feel like in that same kind of vein, um, we, we don't like, I don't think people really understand that like, you know, student loan is no longer a, you know, dischargeable through, through, through bankruptcy. I'm clicking a pen and I'm sorry about that. I, 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 I have a habit of fidgeting. So the very first thing I did when I started talking was pick up a pen. I'm like, I should not do that. All right. Uh, but anyway, but um, so. Got to get like, you one of those like fidget cubes or something. Yeah. You, yeah. That's all you need is me doing a Rubik's cube the whole time. Like, no, they have these little, they have one of these little, I have one. It's like this little tiny cube that you hold in your hand and it's got like a joystick on one side and like a couple of like soft buttons to press that don't make noise. But it's just like stuff that you can do. Like one one side has like just a rolling ball or like uh, some little like tumblers and stuff like that. Um, it's just like a thing to like keep you busy with your hands while you're talking. And a lot of it is silent. It's like intended for that. Well, so I, that, I, was, I would hope that all of it was silent. Just well, there's the a couple that, of yeah. them that have like very light. Like some of the buttons have like a really small like uh, click feel to them, and it's more the tactile part of it sure. than it is the noise. Yeah, I, so. I, and I get that, and I get that. Um, another thing that like I've noticed has, has changed as I got older and I never, I, I don't know when it happened, but there are certain things that happen that make you realize like how old you really are <laughs> compared, compared, compared to everything else. Like the uh, fact the f- that I was just walking around earlier and I was like, Oh shit, I got a heartburn right now. Like <laughs> how did that happen? Oh no, I don't feel good. My stomach hurt. Like, like where, what, what where are my tums? Yeah. Yeah. Like I had a salad today and now my chest hurts. You're like, what? Yeah. Goddamn uh, tomatoes, man. Falling apart. Falling apart sucks. But, um, I think, uh, and in fact, uh, you know, as you might remember, I, I'm, I'm an asthmatic and something that I actually, I really feel very passionate about was, uh, as a kid, I kind of had it under control, but as an adult, it very much got out of control in my late twenties. Um, to where I was like using the nebulizer like twice, uh, once every two days, which is insane. Like every doctor would be like, that's not okay. Albuterol is not good for you. You need to stop that. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm like, what is the alternative dying? Like, I don't really know what you're, 
what are you proposing here? You know, and um, I uh, just this last year, um, I got the flu again. And every year I get the flu. Being asthmatic and getting the flu is like is literally like teetering on the verge of death. Uh, like it's not something I can explain to somebody who just normally gets a flu. Like I think men get sicker than women in general uh, with like bigger, bigger things like the flu. Like we're out That's of commission for like three I, days. I've never heard of that side of things. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but I, uh, I didn't realize that that was, a would be a thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, you know, the flu exacerbating with other symptoms you already may have like sure. shortness of breath and other things like that. But this last year on my birthday, I got the flu, which is the worst way to spend your birthday. Uh, but I got the flu and my doctor was like, Hey, you know, we, we should find some, you know, this is spiel she does every so often. We should find something that a preventative, you know? And I'm like, well, Advair was the number four most selling drug in the world, but I never had any success with Advair and Advair has been around so long that it finally went generic. Like they're yeah. Glaxo, Glaxo Smith and Klein has made their billions on it. And they're like, okay, well here's it. You know, Advair is done. Uh, but they, um, came out with a new drug about, uh, about a year, year and a half ago, called Brio, and it's the, basically the same drug. It's ever so slightly different formula, you know? They change one little piece of the recipe. They added a pinch of salt or something, you know? I don't know what it is, but it's 90% the same medicine. But it's a once-daily thing, and I went from on a nebulizer every other day at, in my you know, late 20s, uh, early 30s, to I have had one single nebulizer treatment this year. I do not carry my around my rescue inhaler anymore, um, and like, to me, it is like the first miracle of modern science where somebody came up with something that basically neutralized a disease I have to the point that I don't even really acknowledge the fact that I have it anymore. Um, and that's kind of insane to me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, compared to like my father who used to have to go to a hospital and get a shot whenever he had an asthma attack, we're now at the point where like I take this powder that I can barely tell that I, I, I was breathing it in. I take one little hit off of this little thing and I can't tell if, if it even worked. And I literally don't, I don't carry around a rescue inhaler anymore. Like that's how, that's how long it's been since I've needed one. And Dang. to me, that is like the first miracle of modern science. Now that's why I recommend like anybody who has had asthma their entire life and has insurance. And that's a very important little asterisk on, you know, being good because you know, insurance is, uh, necessary to have any sort of medical treatment nowadays. Um, if you don't have medical insurance, I don't know how to, how you would afford it, but um, if you have medical insurance and it's good and you have a, a prescription cope a plan and you have had asthma and you're over 18 and not African-American, which is kind of a strange little asterisk on that as well. Apparently uh, these types of drugs are, have a very weird physiological reaction with the African-American community, which is very strange to me. Um, so, um, yeah, if you're not if you're not African American and have and, and have had asthma and you're over eighteen, uh, this may just be like the miracle thing you've looked for your entire life, you know. Uh, so it's it's kind of crazy to me that that science has made that huge of a breakthrough medically that like I, a disease I have literally had since I was eight now just doesn't even affect me, you know, on a daily basis. Yeah, what's interesting about that, I guess, is that. Uh like I would never know because I don't have asthma and I actually, I, I know people that have it, uh, but I don't, it's not a thing that I see on a daily basis. Like I don't see people have asthma attacks. I, I feel like I remember being a kid and seeing kids have them, but like nowadays, like I, I don't think I've ever seen anyone have an asthma attack in like, I don't know, years. I mean, it's, it, 
and and maybe that's because of this progression of science, like this progression of uh, you know making things that effectively have cured this uh, disease. Um, but to take that kind of, I guess, a step further is that I wouldn't have even known that it was cured. I just like, or that this, this, uh, you know, drug was invented or created to, you know, to cure this disease. I would have never even known. I just thought it was like, it just didn't even occur to me that it was gone. (laughs) I think think a lot of that is just your general people you hang around with maybe because most people have childhood asthma. They grew out of it. Sure. Uh, but I have allergies like crazy. And so I never got to do the thing where I grew out of it. You know, I, 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 I would say I've had asthma since I was, you know, I was eight. And then yeah. a lot of people were like, well, I, ha- I had asthma when I was a kid. I'm like, okay, well, I have it as an adult. And that's, that's a completely different ballgame. You know, and I think that's a much, it's a little more rare, so to speak. But, um, you know, but I, I literally went from like miserable every, and I, I would, this would affect my sleep and, Cause all sorts of other health issues, you know, when you don't sleep, yeah. uh, we take, we take these drugs that are awful for you, you know, um, excuse me, corticosteroids, you know, uh, to help you breathe. But these things are awful for you because they like destroy the blood vessels in your legs and are terrible for your heart. And just like the, the medicine we were giving people is basically poison, you know, like he's like, Oh, this is, this is the best poison we have for what you've got right now. And you're like, really, this is what, this is what we're doing here. This is what we're, you know, and I feel like medical science, like, I mean, I, I was trying to tell somebody, I think in this last 10 years, medical science has advanced in an insane rate that I don't think people really understand. And I was trying to explain to somebody, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, CRISPR uh, Cas9. Have you, are you familiar with this process? No. Okay. So, um, in the in the field of research, genetic research, it is very very difficult to do genetic research. And CRISPR Cas9 is basically like, um, and I'll, I'll I'll I'm sure you can find videos about. Uh, there's a a company called Keurig in a nutshell. It's a YouTube website that produces these videos. And you, I, the one I really wish everybody would watch is about CRISPR-Cas9 and how it may like revolutionize science and in ins- medical science, especially in an insanely fast rate, because like we're basically, I'll, I'll, I'll do a little like summary is we can hijack a bacteria's ability to fight a virus to modify specific pieces of DNA at like, 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 like actual changing of DNA. Um, and like, this may mean like, gene therapy in the like in the like and I'm like within 20 years kind of thing you know I say near future near future meaning just like you know not like tomorrow but I'm saying yeah. like very quickly medical science has has a tool now that allows genetic research to you know they went from like hey genetic research costs ten thousand dollars and takes two years to do this one thing we're trying to do we're trying to change this one little one little, you know, uh, one little piece of RNA to some other little piece of RNA. What does that do when we change that? <laughs> yeah. $10,000, two years of research. And now we're talking like $150 and you can do it in your kitchen. I mean, that's, that's like the scale of how insane that is. And I'm like, I think if people really knew like that, that's it's super exciting to someone like me who are like, yeah, you know, I have asthma. And like, it may be in 25 years. Oh, you have asthma. Just go get your asthma shot like you do anything else. Like, give them your blood. They're going to make a little DNA, you know, cocktail for you. And then you just inject your own, you know, your own corrected cells back into you. And you're like, there you go. Just, you got to do that. You're good. You're good now. We fix your asthma. And then you, know, you just don't have it anymore. 
yeah, this is not a thing you have anymore. And like, I was like, that's insane to me that we might actually be that close, you know? And uh, I think it's Arthur C. Clarke that once said that sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And yeah. the, the, the older I get, the more I feel like things are magic. Like, like that's magic. Like, you know, this medicine I take to me, I mean, in a real personal way is magic. You know, I mean, I, I, this powder, I don't even taste it. It, it might as well be, you know, here, drink this potion. It'll fix your asthma. You know, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's the level it is. Um, yeah, that's, but, uh, I mean, that's crazy. Interesting. Um, but I mean, you know, I guess, so these are some like advancements in technology that have happened during our lifetime. And I, I think we did live in kind of a really cool time to see like these technological advances like happen, you know, like I feel like things like what we're talking about are so commonplace nowadays that kids like growing up uh, younger than us are just going to be like, oh yeah, that's just like what we do. We just solve all the problems with technology and, and have all these things. But, like, what other things have just, like, changed in, I mean, again, we haven't talked in, like, 13 years. What other things have changed, like, in your life personally besides, besides like, medical advances? Okay, like well, I'll, I'll tell you the weird one to me. And the thing is, I, uh, I, told, I told somebody this, is that I finally realized the day, like, the first time I truly felt old. And that was when I saw a baby announcement from somebody I knew in high school. And it was, like, a super happy thing for me. Like, it wasn't like, I was like, because it wasn't like, oh, no, they got knocked out. I was like, oh, look, they got knocked out. Good, <laughs> I, I love that all of them before that were, oh, no, oh, no she got oh, knocked no. up. Yeah, oh, no, she got knocked up. How are they going to handle this? I'm like, no, she's got a job. And, you know, uh, and the thing is, that's, that's like the first time you feel old. The second time I felt like, and this is a real weird thing to me, is the second time I felt really old is when I noticed that I was not attracted to people that I was in my twenties. Like they just, they, they appear differently in my psyche. Like attraction is a very weird thing, you know, uh, sure. because when you're young, it's a lot about secondary char- sexual characteristics, you know, is uh, how women look is like 90% of sexual attraction. But as I get older, like, uh, like for just, just to use an example, like I, I, I found out that someone I had known when I was younger is uh is a is a you know a, a researcher in a uh, stem field you know and like to me that was like a super like like I was very attracted to I'm I'm very attracted as I get older to very intelligent like engineers and uh you know yeah if you're a geologist or you know like, yeah like geologist you know if like you're a geologist I'm like oh look it's an earthbender like I'm just so like fascinated <laughs> like I'm like so fascinated. Bender. Yeah, earthbenders, by the way. Yeah, so I, I believe all geologists and like hydrologists and all of them should just be like, no, we're we're waterbenders and earthbenders, and that's what we do now. Um, but you know, like I find that like I'm super attracted to them, and like I'm, I'm like I'm downright twitterpated by a late like a strong, intelligent woman in a science or engineering field. Like I'm I'm like enamored in a way that like doesn't feel like like rational to yeah. me. You're like you know, I was like, oh man, look at her, you know. And then the other thing that was very weird as far as attraction goes is that, you know, like, high school, college ki- people look like children. I call them kids. Like, that, they're, they're, that's a college kid, you know? Like, I realized that that's not a woman, a young woman. That's a college kid. And I realized that, you know, like, the, the, pe- the women I, I find myself inadvertently you know, o- looking at or ogling is, like, 
uh, you know, a woman in her late twenties with a baby. And I'm like, look at her. You know, like, I find, I think she's, you know, I could, I could see myself being her next ex-husband, you know, like I, yeah. I could see that. I like, I use that phrase kind of jokingly, but you know, like I, I find myself like my, like it's, I don't know when it happened, but like when you see somebody drop, you know, like somebody off, like a 40 year old woman now looks attractive to me. And I'm like, that's, that's so mind blowing to me that I would be like very like, Oh look, yeah, that lady, I should ask her out or something like that. You know, <laughs> I, like that's, that's, that's you know, like, she's 40. That's, that's mind blowing that I'm attracted to a 40 year old, you know? And I suppose that goes with, with, with age, but it's, it's strange to realize it. That's the, that's the, the magic when you're like, you know, what is that? There's children running around here, but that lady, I like her, you know, the lady with the baby. That you know? woman. To, yeah. Yeah. That it, woman, that Leah. It reminds me a lot about, uh, kind of a comedy stand-up special I listened to a while back that was uh, Louis C.K. And he was he was talking about, like, how he was just into, like, women. That, like, they just have, like, this, you know, you look in their eyes and they just have, like, all of the life and just, you know, just everything. You know, they could just, like, tear you apart with their eyes. They're just, like, stone-faced and and mean and you don't even know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> And yeah, he's that's like, that's what I, I like. Get, yeah, he's like, I, I he's like, it. I don't know why. It's just like, <laughs> it's so attractive to me. It's just so yeah. much better. And then like these little, you know, these kids, like these college age girls, you know, you see him out and they're like, and he's like, yeah, you know, like whatever. Like, I just, I don't even want, I don't want to fuck you. I want to, I want to give you a ride home. Like, I just yeah. want to make sure you're yeah. safe. I want to make sure you're okay. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like I'm, I don't want that, you know? So no, and that's that. Once again, getting older is so so strange to me because in my mind, like the second I became an adult, quote unquote, that's the age everybody stayed relative to me. Like if you ask me, you know, what year was it twenty years ago? I'm like, yeah, it's 1980. You know, you're like, what now? You're like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, like you're like, yeah, and like you know, and then you're like, well, you know, because in my mind, a lady who is 40, my mother is 40. You know. That's my mother is not 40 anymore. I'm 30. I am 30. My mother's almost 55, 60, you know, like that's, that's so strange to me that, you know, I was like, no, no, that, you know, that's, that's, that's I guess that's what everybody feels eventually. Where they're like, well, what happened? You know, yeah, where did I, all this time I, go? I like the idea that like, uh, you just kind of lose the aspect of time in your life. Cause I, I feel the same way. Like I, I think about like me today, 32 years old, and I feel like everything that has happened in like the last, I don't know, six years could have all happened last weekend. Like it, it might as well be the same amount of time. Like no one's gotten older. No one's, nothing's changed really. You know, it's just like, I'm just, I'm just the thing that I was six years ago still, which yeah. is really weird. Uh, yeah. And the same thing. Like if you ask me like how, you know, what year was it 20 years ago? Like, I immediately jumped to, like, oh, yeah, it was probably, like, 80s. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway. Uh, you know, back to that, though. You know, you talk about the 80s, and, you know, I, I, I used to think that uh, people very you know, changed and matured as they got older, and the older I get, the more I realize that's a bunch of bullshit. Like, I am <laughs> the same human being I was, like, 12 years, 13 years ago. Like, I listened to the same... Like, you know, emo pop punk music. Like, I think it's, I'll tell you this. I, I added a new genre into music I listen to often. And that's the music my parents listened to when I was a kid. I listened to a lot of 80s music. I listened to Rod Stewart. Like, I'll listen to Jack FM instead of whatever's 
on the radio, but like I like for the most part, like if you look at my MP3 playlist, it hasn't changed. Like nothing, nothing on there. I was like, well, you know, I'm 30, so that means no more bowling for soup, and like that didn't happen. That never once happened. I'm like, yeah. I am the same human being, you know. Uh, like I listen to the same music. I basically dress the same. That's more about. The, the, the career I have doesn't really require me to dress up and look at it, you know, have people look at me all day. Um, that's just, you know, I, I dress in, you know, cargo shorts and shirts, and that's, that's exactly, <laughs> that's the, oh, look, you know, nothing about me has really changed, you know. Uh, and that's, that's, that's kind of insane. Uh, and then the other one is, uh, you know, in that same regard, you know, I, I, I very rarely, you know, feel like an adult. Like, you know, every, like, when I see something like major happen, I'm like, yeah, we should get an adult to look at that. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm, I'm the, the adult. adult. <laughs> yeah. Like I, yeah, that's, I'm, you know, I'm I, responsible I, for all I of have, this. I have, I have, I have, I have a child. I said her, her name is Shelby and she's, she's eight and she is, you know, she's, she's one of the greatest human beings I've ever had the pleasure of knowing in my entire life. And like, we go hang out we watch cartoon movies together. And I love that. And I'm like, at some point though, I'm going to feel like an adult. And it just, that's not happened yet. I'm like, no, 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 we're going to go watch, you know, like I'm super excited about going to watch, you know, in this case last weekend, it was like Cars 3. I'm super excited about going to watch Cars 3. And Wreck-It Ralph 2 previews have started. I'm like, oh, we're going to go see Wreck-It Ralph 2. I'm so excited. You know? And I'm like, I don't know if all the adults are like me or if it's just the fact that I literally have not changed in, in 13 years. <laughs> You know, yeah. nothing, nothing about my, my views on, you know, like cartoons I still feel like are completely acceptable for me to be into. Uh, uh, That's very strange. To be fair, I think cartoons have changed so much in, you know, in the, in our lifetime. Like, you know, it's not, we're not like talking about like Looney Tunes and stuff like that. Although I would still totally watch. I would still watch Looney Tunes. Yeah, Yeah, I would would (laughs) definitely watch Looney Tunes, but, but like the, the, you know, the things that we're watching now are things like Rick and Morty and uh, Archer and, you know, like things that have like, I guess, kind of like a a deeper sense of humor, something that actually takes, you know, like some life experience to understand why maybe it's funny or, or just kind of, I don't know, this, uh, this, uh, some, something had to like beat you down into some sort of sarcasm to understand why that sarcasm would be hilarious or something, you know? Yeah. Um, and, I, and I get that. Like dark, cartoons can be darker now. That's for, that's for sure. But I'm saying even when cartoons are not darker, you know, like I remember like watching Kung Fu Panda two by myself, like in a theater full of like children. I love I'm that. Like, it, I love that. It's part two, not, not one, not, like, not one, but you two. were like, I gotta, you know, I liked the first one. I gotta see the sequel or whatever. Yeah, and, I, like, and it was literally me. And I went to a matinee showing and it was me and a bunch of moms. <laughs> That's with their even kids. better that it's like, what was it, like 10 o'clock in the morning? You're just like, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go see. I'm going to sit down, have some popcorn, 10 o'clock on a Wednesday. I, yeah, don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think it was a Saturday, to be fair. But okay. like, I, just, I decided of my own adult volition that I wanted to go see Kung Fu Panda 2. And I actually, I was trying to tell somebody this that, like, I, like Kung Fu Panda is a very important movie to, like, people who like Kung Fu movies, because it's a very good Kung Fu movie. It may be animated, but it's a very good Kung Fu movie. And it's very highly regarded in China, like as one of the best movies that celebrates Chinese culture ever made. And that's mind blowing to me that they're like, why did Americans make the best movie that celebrates Chinese culture? And they're like, Oh, uh, no, because it's, 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 it's uh, Jack Black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, yeah. Cause, cause Jack Black. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. 
All right, man. Well, uh, I think uh, I'm about ready to grab another beer, and we can take a quick break for a second, and then uh, come back and talk about some more stuff. How's that sound? Sure, sure, sure thing. Here you go. Quick break. Cool, man. We'll be right back. All right, so welcome back to the podcast. Uh, again, I have Matt Jackson with me, good old friend from about 13 years ago. I haven't talked in a really long time. Um, I just opened my new beer. Um, and what, are, which, and what are we drinking? Oh, well, um, I am drinking a Carbock Brewing Love Street. It's a, uh, it's a Kolsch type of beer. It's kind of like a, like a Pilsner, a blonde kind of beer. So I I found out that you're a beer snob and that's great. I mean, (laughs) important to know about these things, you know, I, uh, I, in fact, am drinking uh, just some angry orchard. I don't actually drink beer often. I think my favorite beer is a, uh, just a normal blue moon or a, uh, golden monkey by victory. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Um, How are you not a beer snob if you're drinking golden monkey by victory? Okay. Because, uh, I, I know beer snobs and beer snobs hand me beers and like, you'll really like this it's real fizzy, try this. And I'm like, oh, that is a really good beer. Uh, but most of the time, I just, I'm such, like, uh, I, I'm, I, have, I have no, like, manliness to me. I'm like, I would just like a, a preacher's collar or a snake bite or something. I would like something that's tasty and, like, apple and the adult version of apple juice. That's really what I want. <laughs> like, whatever adult apple juice you're willing to serve me. Ace pear, you know. And so typically what I drink, I drink uh, Angry Orchard. Uh, I like their crisp apple uh, it reminds me of just like just like the freshest green apple you could just take a just giant bite out of, and uh, you get kind of hammered on it. So, so I'm guessing you're not the kind of guy that like goes for whiskey shots at the bar. Uh, believe it or not, when I when I when I used to drink, and I I don't drink as much when I, in my older age because it's kind of lost its fun a little bit. Like it's just, just you, drinking like the world is ending has definitely not <laughs> as much fun as it used to be. And drinking like let's 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 drinking to get drunk is definitely not as much fun. Because you have to pay for it infinitely longer than you used to, you know. You don't get a headache for thirty minutes the next day. Your life is ruined for a week, and it's just like, no, this is not, this is not what we're doing. Uh, somebody make the room stop ringing, and you know, <laughs> the it's room not, stop ringing. <laughs> like it's yeah, somebody answer the room, please. It, it won't stop ringing, and it's just that's how it's 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 different in your thirties, you know. I mean, you don't spring back like a. Like, oh, we can just go drinking again then tomorrow night. You know, like, no. Like, I drink once a week in a kind of heavy fashion, and then that's it. Like, and we, we don't we, and we don't get drunk, you know, because there are there are a lot more consequences to yeah. that. Uh, yeah, but, I feel like I it's the drink. same for me. Like, this is, we're recording fairly late at night for me. Like, I'm, I'm immediately after this going to, like, pass out. And the beers that I have on this show are, like, this is, I'm way past my bedtime, way past my <laughs> beer limit for the, for the but, time uh, of day. I want, to, I want to point out that everybody will think that we're talking about, like, midnight. It is 10.30. The news is still on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're like, I didn't even stay up for the news. It was past my bedtime. Who knows what's happening? You know, and that's, you know, that's, that, of course, it comes with, with getting older, I suppose. Most um, definitely. So you had, uh, I wanted to ask you about something that you had mentioned um, on the break and actually when we were talking about uh, doing this beforehand. Um 
But a few years ago, you said you had kind of like a, a brush with death. Uh, yeah. And it was probably the lamest way to brush with death. And I wanted to hear yeah, more about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, like, number one, like, the first time you actually, like, feel like, all right, this is, I, 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 I was alive, and now I'm about to not be alive, and I know, I know it's coming. It, 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 is, it, it, is, it is very scary. Um, and what had happened was I was on uh, an, a trip to Seattle to see my brother, and um, the trip went well. It was a, it was a great vacation. Um, I think it was about three years ago. And, um, and the worst thing that happens, as I said to, to an asthmatic, is we get the flu. And the flu is out for me, number one. I, I, like, I, the flu will be my demise one way or the other. Maybe it's a guy named the flu, but it will be like, like it will be something that will get me uh, in that respect. And basically the last day of the trip where we're supposed to fly back to Dallas and it's my mother and my sister and me and I have the flu and I literally cannot eat, I cannot drink and I cannot move. Like I can walk about, a, like, and, I, and, I, and I, I am insanely fatigued. I, I, I'm just literally being destroyed by, like, I, I, I probably have a fever in the hundreds. I'm like, I'm just, it, it's, I, I literally, if I was anywhere else, I would just be sleeping. But we have to go back. This is where the plane tickets are. They're non-refundable. We got we to go back. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, we get to the uh, Seattle-Tacoma airport, and we get, and I just remember the trip to the gate. Like, we get dropped off at the airport, and I have to, I have to move. I really, in, sec- in hindsight, should have, like, been like, listen, I am terribly sick push me in a while in a wheelchair because I don't know if I can actually make it all the way to the gate. Uh, just mentally, physically, I'm, I'm exhausted. I have like a hundred something fever and I'm miserable. Uh, and, uh, I remember making it through TSA and like being like, and like, and like, they're like, can you hold your hands above your head? And I was like, um, maybe like, I don't, I like, I don't, I'm not messing with you. I just, I don't feel terrible, you know? And so, and I remember walking through the concourse and having to take like, rests every every like 15 every every steps every stool there was to sit down on i had to rest and finally finally make it to the gate and what i remember was that i was like oh gate 25 out of 30 or whatever and i remember thinking that fate was out for me that day because what they didn't tell me was gate 25 was literally the furthest gate from tsa it was literally as far as possible as I could have traveled in the airport because they, they go up the left side and come down the right side. Oh, wow. So 25 was the furthest one. It was, I, I could not have walked a single step further and still been in the airport. And I just remember, like, that was super awful. You know, and I, I, I just, I, I was literally, like, hard, hard to keep my eyes open. I was coughing. I wasn't breathing well. Um, I had taken a, a nebulizer before I got on the plane, so hopefully I wouldn't need one. I was on the plane, but I kept my 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 thing on anyway. And uh, we get on the plane, and my mother says, "Why don't you sit by the window? That way, me and your sister getting up to the bathroom won't won't wake you up." I said, "Okay." So I rest my head against the side of the plane because uh, it's it's Alaska and it's kind of kind of close, um, and the plane takes off and I, I think I'm awake for the plane taking off but I fall asleep somewhere along that thing it's just, just absolutely mentally physically emotionally exhausted and I can't do it and I wake up about 30 minutes later and the best way I can describe it was like I felt 
as if my brain was cooking. I felt like, I, I, and the thing is, there, there's a sense of panic that kind of hits you. You're like, whoa, what is happening? And I kind of ascertained the situation is that the meal service has just started. They're about to give everybody food. Mm-hmm. And everybody is getting these chili bowls that they have that they heated up and are bringing down. And the hot air is rising, but it has nowhere to go. So yeah. it's just like, and the thing is, and I was on the side of the plane that was hot. It's my head. So I wake up and I don't know what my fever was or what, what I mean, I, who knows? But I, 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 don't, I'm not, I don't consider myself a panicky person, but my body's response is panic. Yeah. And I start like hyperventilating and freaking out. And I'm like, mom, I need, I need, I need to move. I need you to move. I need you. Like, and I'm like, I'm trying to like keep like the, 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 like the, I need you to move. I need, I need, I need to stand up. I need to stand up. Please. Like, I'm, I'm talking so fast. And my mom, of course, I just, I just, I hit her with it within like five seconds of being awake, which is, which is, you know, she can't just, you know, throw her food on the ground and, you know, get up or whatever. Yeah. And so I, and so, um, and so finally my, I get my, my sister gets up, my mom gets up and I get into the, the aisle for a second and I stand up and I'm trying to breathe. Like it's all I'm trying to do is trying to breathe. And all I can think of is like, it really feels like my brain is cooking. I can't describe the feeling in any other way that makes sense to me. It's cooking. And my sister sits by the window and my mom sits and I'm trying to breathe. I'm just trying to like, like real, like hard, deep, fast breaths. And I can hear my heartbeat in my ears, which I've never, never felt before. I can, you know, and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm, I'm beat. I'm like, I'm a solid red. And my mom is telling me to breathe and breathe and breathe. And I'm like, I, I'm, I, 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 and all of a sudden the, the scariest thing that's ever happened is my, my vision, the edges of my vision started to, to creep in and go black. Oh, man. And I'm, I, my, my heart is racing. I can hear it in my ears. My vision is, is coming in. I, and the thing is, I look at my mother, and in complete and honest sincerity, I said, Mom, I think I'm going to die. And, and I, I remember the look on her face because, like, what is she, what is she going to do? And I'm like, I'm like I. And the thing is, I, I meant it with a thousand percent sincerity. I truly believed that was it. This is the, how my life was ending, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember at some point in that, in that instance, my mother had asked the, one of the stewardesses for a bag of ice, you know? Um, because obviously I'm, I'm having a heat-related problem. Um, and, she, she, and she gets me a bag of ice. And my mom is starting to put it on the back of my head, on the top of my head, and, and, and it's just pla- a thin layer of plastic and a giant bag of ice. It's about this, bigger than the size of your two fists, you know, sure. big bag of ice. Yeah. And, she, and she's moving it all around me, and it's giving me ever so slight bit of relief. Like, it's, and I'm, like it's not, I still feel like it's not helping, and like my heart is racing. I mean, I, 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 I don't know if my heart rate was above 180, 190, but it wouldn't surprise me. And I remember it being hard and it hurt and like, it's just horrible. Like, I'm like, I can't believe this is the way I'm going to die. You know? Yeah. Um, and my mom plane, finally no on a plane full of people, yeah. you know? And my mom finally goes here, sit down for a second. Cause I was just trying to breathe. Like I felt like, I felt like I couldn't breathe even though I wasn't having any difficulty breathing. I felt like I couldn't breathe, but I remember hearing my heartbeat loud thumping in my ears and like, like my brain is cooking and I, like, 
And once again, I'm kind of panicking. Like, I, I kind of felt like I wish I could jump out the window, you know? Like, sure. I, like, I, like, I was like, like it, it would be great if someone knocked me out at this point because I'm not about to not be safe for myself or anybody else. My mom says, sit down for a second. So I sat down, and she took the bag of ice and stuck it on the back of my neck between my shoulder blades, right? And she just stuck it there, and I laid down on it. I just laid down and put as much surface area of the bag of ice as I could. And after about five minutes of being in that position and, and breathing, my temperature finally started to subside. And my, 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 I, I, I changed colors. And my mother, I look over at my mother, and she's sitting there. And she's got, the, of course, a horrible worried face. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know. And I realized that this is a three-and-a-half-hour flight. Yeah. I didn't move for the rest of the flight. I did not take the ice off. You know how ice frost burns you if you ever touched your skin yeah, for too long? For sure. That never, that never happened. <laughs> I literally laid down. And then my mother, very strangely to me, uh, apparently I was just super mellow and didn't say a word. My mom said, like, it looked like I had gone catatonic. Like, I just sit there, like, like I'm just staring ahead with kind of like this goofy smile on my face. Like, <laughs> like, like, and I'm just like, and I, like, I was just, and then, you know, I was like, uh, just, I just, the fever broke finally, you know, and my, my body temperature returned to normal. And the thing is, I remember that at a certain point, the bag of ice that had been touching my skin directly for over two hours had turned to water. It was just a bag of cold water. My mother had, had a brand new, a brand new bag to replace and she put it behind me. And I just stayed there kind of catatonic, not really saying anything. Real, my, mo- my mother did not look at any other person but me for the whole flight. God rest her. Uh, God bless her. You know, she, she, she's, so, she's so worried about how bad, like, just, like how, how awful this is to watch, watch me go through this. Like, and I'm, I, I think she thinks it may have done permanent damage or something. Like, I don't know. She's, she's sure, still very yeah. worried. I mean, it's I'm a fine. frightening uh, situation. Like, you, <laughs> I'm fine, but she is very worried still. And we, we get up off, we get, we get the plane lands. I, I literally, my mom just goes, let's just sit here. And I'm like, I kind of like give the like, Chi-Chung, yeah, man, we'll just sit here. Like, <laughs> I, have, I have no inclination to go anywhere. This is great. Ice is wonderful. The sun is my enemy, you know, like whatever, whatever is going on right now. And we, and we, and we, we finally, all the people get off the plane and we stand up and we get our bags off. And she, my mom is trying to like get it from me. I'm like, no, I'm fine now. And she's like, like, she's so worried. And I'm like, no, I'm good. This is fine now. Like everything is normal now. And then I walk off the plane, like completely, like, like I, I was, I, I, I couldn't move to, from one end of the plane to the other before we got on the plane. But after that, like, episode, I was fine. Like, I, I, I walked the full concourse. I wasn't tired anymore. Fatigue is gone. Like, everything is great. Like, I just needed to get over the, my body, like, overreacting to having the flu. Like, I just, as soon as that was done. And then, you know, we get home, and my, you know, I, I, we're at the DFW airport, and, we're, and my mom has to continue to travel. And she's like, I'll, I'll drive. And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, I, I can't tell you enough. I'm, I'm perfectly fine right now. And, and the thing is, and then we went, and we had... Tacos at Fuzzy's Tacos in <laughs> and the thing is, we sat there, and my mother, like this whole time, we she went from like a very scary situation to a very not scary situation, but she had the look on her face like it was about to be just bad again, like I was just about to drop dead at any minute. Well, to be and, fair, you told her you were gonna die. Like if I, I told, I, I, if I, I, I was with, sitting with, next with, to my I, mother and was like, "Mom, I'm about to die," 
Like yeah, no, she no, would no. freak the fuck out. There's no, no she, way. And, and the thing is, she she is completely justified in everything she did. She, she does here. But we're sitting there eating tacos, and I'm kind of chowing down, kind of goofy on some tacos because I really haven't eaten over the last day and a half. You know, I've just I've been so sick, I just couldn't eat anything. Uh, and I'm just sitting there, and just kind of eating tacos, and like kind of kind of a big goofy smile on my face, and I feel fine, you know. And my mother has this look, like like I can't, like I partially disbelief. And she can't believe I'm sitting here perfectly fine when, you know, <laughs> less than 12 hours ago, you were dying on an airplane 35,000 feet. You know, like there's a very big difference between these things. And we sat and ate tacos and then we drove back to my apartment where my mom and my sister slept. And I remember my sister going to bed because she was tired. And I remember sitting on my, my chair and I, I look at my mother who still has not broken eye contact with me as far as I could figure in 12 hours. Uh, and and she and I go, I'm I'm real sorry. It was a it was a hell of a day. And and, and I and I think I don't even remember what she said. I just remember the look on her face, like you're not joking. Like this is not like like it was so like to me it was just a thing that had happened in the past. But to her it was a thing that was happening right now. Like I don't think she wanted to go to sleep because of how I was like, no, I'm I'm literally fine. Like everything is fine now. And I was like, and the thing is, and and every time I have been sick with the flu. At home, it has been almost that bad. Like, the, that was the worst it has ever been by far. But, like, since then, me and heat don't deal very well, and I feel like I'm going to have, like, like heat death. Like, I'm just, like, my mind is baking under the Arizona sun, and that's where I'm at. But, you know, horrifying experience, highly not recommended. Uh, but <laughs> So, but I, I guess what's weird to me is that, like, did... I mean, maybe you just didn't mention it in the story, but, like, was it seemed like you were just like pacing around in the aisle of this thing. And like the rest of the plane was like, Oh, fuck it. He's just dying. No, <laughs> or, no, no. Like, like, when I said that, like, like the, the, I, 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 I think they asked if anybody was a doctor on the plane. And I think they may have asked. I don't think anybody said anything. Um, and I'm literally, and I'm not actually pacing. I'm, I've got my hands between two seats, the headrest, and I'm trying to brace myself. Cause I feel like I'm about to pass out. Like I said, the eyes, the, the vision is coming in, you know? Yeah. And I'm breathing just real deep, real heavy, trying because it because the 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 inhalation of breath is slightly cooler. And once again, like there's so much heat in the cabin due to all these hot meals that just got opened up. And like I like it just it was it was it was an experience unlike anything I've ever felt before. And like and the thing is, I as far as I know, as far, I, I I do recall that people on the way out, a couple of people like put their hand on my shoulder and were like, "I'm glad you're okay," you know. And so I, I know people were like, "This dude, my." die on this airplane like he like i'm sure they all saw and heard but like i don't like to in my mind those people were not there for any of this you know like i i know they saw it but sure. like like i you know i mean like to me like i mean i was so out of my gourd anyway that there was no way i was going to consider them in, in, in as being part of this experience you know uh so yeah i don't i don't deal with the flu or being sick very well obviously um <laughs> apparently jeez. but uh, geez. But, uh but you know and that's that's that, that 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 I guaranteed that is the closest I have ever uh, had, you know, in terms of a brush with death, you know. And it's it's very not cool, you know. It wasn't like you know I ran into a building and saved a baby or whatever, you know, a burning building. No, it's not heroic. It's not nothing. It's literally Mother Nature has tried to kill me, and she almost got me. Like she almost succeeded. You know, having asthma and allergies my entire life, I felt like Mother Nature has just been like, I'm on the list. 
Like she's got like a little <laughs> wanted poster with my stupid face on it. She's like, this guy, who can take him down, you know? And then which like, one of you will Yeah, which one of you can take him down? And the flu's like, I got this. And you're like, you know, and that's that's really what it is. I feel like that's where we're at on, you know. It, you know, that's that's what's gonna happen. That'll be the end of me, you know. Freaking flu, you know. That's I ridiculous. Think- and I uh you know, like what's I guess what's weird to me in this story is that um you know, I've I've been sick on an airplane before, but like nothing nothing for real. Like I've been yeah. like, like I had a cold on an airplane, and it sucks because sure. the pressure's building, and I can't clear the pressure in my head, oh, and yeah. so like it sucks real bad. Um, but um, but never like any situation that actually mattered, I guess, or like where I thought I might die. Uh, but you knew going into this that you were sick. And yeah. what's what's crazy to me about that is like two things. One, you got on a cl- into like a closed capsule of people with a contagious disease. No, uh, the thing is, and I'm not doing, and I, I wouldn't do that if I didn't have to do that. No, you know, I, like, I totally understand that. But then the other part of it that's crazy to me is like, what what actually do you do? Like, obviously, you get on the plane because you have to fly the fuck home. But but like. It's surprising that there's not like an alternative or something like some other option that exists that they're like, oh yeah, you have the, you obviously have the flu. We don't want to infect 300 people with the flu. We're going to put you on like, you know, we're going to figure it out tomorrow or something. I don't know. No, there's, there's absolutely, they do not care. Like me having the flu and non-refundable plane tickets does not matter to any human being who works in a business. They're like, yeah, get on the plane. Lots of people have this or have the flu. It's winter, you know. Just get it, get into this human disease pit, and we're gonna <laughs> encapsulate you, and we're gonna send you at seven hundred miles an hour towards Dallas, and this is your life. And no, we didn't sterilize that cabin in between things. So there's probably already a thousand strains of the flu already on the damn thing. So you know, and then of course you know every time I get every time I travel somewhere, like I always like try not to touch. Like I'm super diligent and methodical about washing my hands everywhere you know uh and that's it, just, it doesn't matter like it's just out to get me like it just doesn't none of none of my countermeasures for mother nature succeed mother nature is infinitely better at trying to kill me than i am at avoiding it <laughs> <laughs> fair enough yeah. Well, that's that. I mean, that's. I feel like you preface this with the fact that it was the lamest brush with death ever, and I feel like it wasn't the lamest brush. I mean, yeah, sure, like dying of the flu is is pretty lame, but the story was was pretty great. I mean, like, well, and that, well, and that's just you know, but like, I feel like I nothing. It wasn't like you know, I didn't. Nothing exciting happened. It was literally me trying not to freak out when my brain cooked from the inside out. Like that's not. It's just a late, like, you know, oh, I died from the flu. And the thing is, I finally realized why, like, pneumonia and the flu kill old people. And I'm like, this is how they get you. Because, like, I can't imagine being, you know, frail in any sense of the word and living through that. Yeah. Like, like there is no, like, I'm like, I completely get it. Like, you know, we all need to get the flu shot every year and hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully we don't get it. And, like, hopefully we don't transmit it to everybody, you know, um, but, you know, we also have kids who are little germ magnets, and that's, that's also, uh, you know, I, I have my, my daughter. The first time that I finally had to be like, no, honey, we're not going to, like, a place like Chuck E. Cheese. And this, it's a place in Louisville called uh, 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 
bonkers, going bonkers. It's this huge three-story playhouse, and it's super cool. I love it. It's a giant three-story jungle gym that gets the kids to climb around in. And adults are actually, if you are willing to, like, suffer a little bit, you can get in there, too, and run around, chase your kids around. And it's, that was, like, the first time that I'm, like, kids are, dis- like, this is a, a breeding pool of the, the like, if, if there's ever a, like, disease that, like, World War Z causes zombieism, it will come from a child's playground because they're <laughs> all, like, none of them are washing their hands. They're all sneezing, shitting, and pissing on everything. Like, nothing is okay. Like, nothing about children is okay. And this is why their immune systems are so good, is that they, you know, like, they're, 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 just, they're just sharing germs with 300 other children, not to mention anybody else who was there that day, you know? And the, every inch of this place is covered in germs. And I'm sitting there, like, after I kind of, like, did it a few times and chased her around through the place, I just go up to the adult room now. Like, I, <laughs> I, I find, like, there's an adult soundproof room, and I was like, go play. I'm think, thankful she's old enough now that she, she makes friends every time, and she goes and plays, and she has a great time. And then the very first thing I say is, like, did you wash your hands? Like, I, I don't even hesitate. Like, do not kill daddy with the flu. Like, <laughs> the, like, there is a child with the flu out there right now who is pretending like he doesn't have the flu, so he gets to go to a birthday party downstairs because he doesn't understand the ramifications of what he is doing. He is six, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's no clue. He just wants to climb in the jungle gym. Yeah, he just wants to go to the jungle gym at Bonkers and eat cake and ice cream, and that, that's what he wants. And he doesn't understand that, that, that he's going to kill someone, you know? And, uh, and so that's, that's, that's where that's at, you know? I don't know. Uh, d- dying is, you know, being, like, adamantly sure you're going to die is probably one of the scariest and kind of surreal. And, like, now that I, I recall the, the moment where I was like, this is it, like, Eyes, eyes going dark, blood, heartbeat in the ears, beating at a rate that I don't understand. Like, I truly, like, in, now it feels like a very surreal moment. Like, time was much, much slower in that moment. And it may have been to, you know, everybody else. I, you know, maybe I wasn't the only one who felt like that, but uh, not very scary. I don't want to never, you know, and of course, everybody's like, you, I always tell people, I hate flying anyway. Like, if I didn't already hate traveling on an airplane and everything about it i would i would like already hate it like i would i I couldn't possibly hate it more before (laughs) that happened and now i'm just like no they're death traps you can't get out (laughs) you know and i was like at a certain point they need to institute some sort of policy where they can just like push me out with a jet like 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 we're over we're over Tennessee. Let's just push you on out. Let's just, you know. Let's just, here's a parachute. Have, here's have a, here's a parachute. We're going to fly over a Walgreens. You can land right there. There's the ripcord. Hit it before you hit the ground. So I feel like we're missing a very important plug for Fuzzy's Tacos. The tacos yeah. for when you almost <laughs> die of the flu on a plane. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Actually, the, the biggest reason, it's really funny. I don't like fish. I don't like Fuzzy's Tacos are mostly fish tacos. But they do serve potato and egg tacos, which is not... Because, number one, the biggest travesty of not living in the Rio Grande Valley is the access to El Pato. And that, oh, that, my like, God. It's so good. That, 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 it's that, been that, so like, I told somebody, if I had one investment opportunity that I was allowed to pursue, and just like, if somebody's like, gave you a million dollars and you have to turn it into more money. You're going to build, build an El Pato I would up in build, Dallas? I would, build, I would build as many El Patos as they would let me build. I was <laughs> like, this, like, being able to go buy carne guisada tacos or potato egg tacos at 10 o'clock at night, like, 
it's it's a, it's a billion dollar idea. I truly but like I know economy. And their tortillas are just so I delicious. I don't know what they do with those. Tor- I don't even understand how they are so good. But they, they don't obey the laws, the culinary laws of physics. Like they just, yeah, it's just it, it's it's phenomenal. If you've never had an El Pato taco, you need to make the trip to South <laughs> Texas and go have one. Uh, <laughs> and that's what I eat. Like everybody talks about like things they have to eat when they go home. You know, I always insist on like, I want to go to El Pato. I want to go have some talk, some carne guisada and some other things. I'm not saying you can't have that style of food anywhere. I've never had it anywhere the rest of my life. That was even remotely as good. And that's the disappointing thing. Yeah. It, what's funny is I don't demand that food when I, when I go back, but I have El Pato every time I go back. Like it just happens that way. Like we always You're just, just end up at, around, and there's an apato. Oh. Yeah. So like I've never needed to demand it because it just ends up happening that yeah. way. That I'm gonna I'm gonna get a chorizo and egg taco, and and it's gonna be fucking phenomenal uh, at whatever time of day. It's amazing. Yeah. I, yeah, I I do I do I do miss the valley from time. I, I've lived in Dallas for ten years. Uh, you know, I I I realized the first one of the first steps of adulthood. I really trans when is when I said. When I said I was going to go home, I was talking about going back to Dallas, not going back to the Valley. That's a very surreal adult moment when you say it unintentionally, meaning. So that's that's actually a really interesting thing in my life is that I don't miss the Valley at all. Like I would willingly never go back there if family didn't live there. If family family didn't live there, yeah. Uh, And I think as soon as I left, as soon as I left um, uh, the Valley and I flew to, you know, I was out in California for a long time, Mm -hmm. like, like immediately I was like, Oh, this is now home. This is, this is home. And when I referred to home, that's where I was talking about, you know, I, I never said like, I need to go back to the valley. I need to go do all these things. And even even now, like I don't live that far from the valley. I mean, it's six hours or something like that. Uh, yeah. But it's it's like um, I I kind of avoid it like the plague. Like yeah. my family wants me to go down there all the time, and I'm just like, ah, you know, like is it Christmas yet? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll, so. I'll visit you at uh, any important holiday, and that's that's where we're going. And you know, and that's that's what I said. But the first time I. Un, without devoting conscious effort to it, said, I'm going to go visit my parents instead of I'm going to go home and visit my parents. You know, that's a very Oh, big I see difference. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah you're like, just That's like, a very big difference when you finally realize that your parents, where your parents live is no longer home. I guess what I was know? saying is that, like, for me, even, like, growing up, I never really felt like... Like I, I knew it's where I lived. It just never felt like home, and I yeah. like wanted to get out of it from the get go. And as no, soon as yeah. I did, I defined anything else as home. As home, and yeah. and, 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 I, and it happened pretty quickly. It was within a couple of years. It said, "I'm going to go home and visit my parents." To I'm, I'm all right. I visited my parents, and now I'm going home. You yeah, know? Well, yeah, and that's that's a very that's a very you know integral part of growing up. I suppose you no longer think of your parents' house as home. Um, and then that is, you know, but I don't necessarily miss anything about the valley itself, other than maybe El Pato's. But that can be transplanted one day, someday, hopefully. Uh, but what I do miss is I have these very interesting memories of like places that I hold, I hold dear. You know, um, back when uh, we were growing up, I actually lived across the street from your grandmother and grandpa. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And uh, how did I forget that? Wow. Yeah. 
And then, um, like, I remember, number one, like, yeah, I have very interesting memories of your grandmother specifically. Um, the, the, she was a little lady. She was a very petite lady. And she taught guitar lessons. And the things, the things I remember about her are, like, and once again, maybe it's just, like, rose-tinted glasses. Like, I just remember her being so always pleasant. And then I remember her, like, and I'm not joking about this. I remember her belching when we went over there to have food one time. Oh, and yeah. I was astounded that a belch that loud and voluminous <laughs> could come out of that woman. And I was just like, what just happened? Like, is this a joke? Like, is this a thing that happens? Like, it was very surreal that she belched like that. I was like, that's insane, you know? And I remember uh, for a very short period of time, because I was always broke as, you know, as a young man, as I got, sure. to, guitar, I got to take guitar lessons over there, you know? And she taught guitar for uh, forever. She taught guitar, you know? And I, yeah. you know, so I, I don't miss... The Valley, but there are some very interesting rose-titted memories. I remember uh, Easter egg hunt. She held an Easter egg hunt, and there oh, was yeah. always one golden egg. And I think I wasn't family, you know, I wasn't I wasn't related to anybody. I was just hanging out with you that day. Yeah. Uh, or and then we were over there, and we were doing an Easter egg hunt, and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just stand here. And she's like, what are you talking about? Go go find Easter eggs, you know? Yeah. Because I I was like super like no 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 I can't go because I don't want to find the golden egg that you talked about where she puts, you know, some money, some amount of money into like, but she was insistent that like, no, I'm, I'm a guest. Go, go have fun, you know? And like, I just, she, you know, just a, a wonderful woman, you know? And, uh, and, and, and then as, and then your grandpa, one of the weird memories I have of him in a very rose, rose, rose gold memory is my dad was catching uh, alligator gar in the Rasaka, the, the yeah, man-made the, the, lake right there. Yeah, the little lake river thing that yeah, was which, right which in next anybody to who doesn't know, houses. that's that's a Mexican delicacy called Catan. It's a it's a very specific, you know, it's very hard to get fish. It has a very unusual flavor, and it's a very much a delicacy. Uh, my dad was catching them out there with these real long fishing poles, and I remember Omar, your grandpa, talking to me and my dad about his dad and he and his memory of him. So his his dad eating eating katan and having the the oil because it's kind of an oily fish dripping down sure. his chin and how he just and he says he always said that you know, that meal always had a special place for him you know and it's very funny to me that that's those are the times I remember you know living in that house in the, the neighborhood and stuff like that you know and specifically as it relates to you you know your grandmother uh, t- teaching me and me being very poor at guitar. And then, and then, and then, uh, me saying one of my big goals was to try to like figure out how to sing and play at the same time because I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I could not start to say, I would stop doing one or the other. And she goes, it's okay because my grandkids, which I think is you and maybe your sister, I don't know who all played instruments, but Uh, my two sisters, yeah. And my half brother. Y'all tried to play happy birthday to her and none of y'all could sing, or maybe cumpleaños feliz, but. None sure. of y'all could sing at the same time y'all played. And she was trying to get y'all to do it. Uh, I yeah. dropped my bottle. Oh, oh, I, that, that was, oh, there's an exit. But, but she was trying to get y'all to do it. And I remember her telling me that during the lesson. So it's okay. Not everybody can do that. Everybody, some people can only play and then they sing or they, can, they can't do both at the same time. And I remember that like, like okay, well, if you know, Ryan, someone who's musically inclined, can't do it, I'm probably not going to be able to do it either, you know. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, oh, that's, but, you know. that's amazing that, that I didn't, I had totally forgotten that you lived across the street from my grandmother and I didn't expect this to go this way, but this, uh, that's, that's 
fucking amazing that that's uh, this part of your memory. I, I yeah, I mean, love it like, entirely. Just, when I think of the valley, you know, those are the things I think about. I remember like every day driving home, and if you had the windows down, you heard guitar. I like that is that for like I, I, to this day, if I drove down North Shore, the street we lived on. I would be amiss because there wouldn't be any guitar going down. Like just every yeah, constantly, true. like, like yeah. how, how that was just a thing that you heard every single day. The door was open and you heard guitar being played poorly most of the time, except when your <laughs> grandma, except, except when your grandma was playing, she, she was, she was very talented. Uh, but you know, I, I remember like that, that, that's just, you know, when I think of the Valley, my, my, my parents don't live there anymore. They moved out to, to a place out in the middle of nowhere, Santa Rosa. But sure. you know, the, the childhood home that I remember all of my memories in, that's, you know, that to me is the valley. You know, that's, you know, the, the, everything about that area, you know, uh, and the people around it, you know, like that. And uh, I guess part of getting older is, is, you know, like, you know, realizing that, you know, things are never going to be that way again, you know. Um, like, uh, you know, SciTech, you know, we both went to the same high school. And I realized, uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, the other day I had a... Uh, an adult moment, and uh, I was uh, I was going through uh, Cytex photos, and I saw the Andy Zermenyo gym. They named yeah. the gym after Andy, and uh, you know, and I'm like, that is a that is a, a sombering aspect of, of getting older is knowing someone who's died in a war. You know, I mean, that's yeah, you know, and the thing is, I, I, I you know, I, I, the, the thing that got me more because we've, we've i've known people to die like since you know since uh, it, it happens you know yeah, um, yeah. but for, di- for different reasons but that was the one that i tr- like I, I can't say i even knew andy that well you know as a person i mean I, he was always a nice person whenever i interacted with him sure um, and i don't think you know, he was a really nice guy you know and that's but the thing is the thing that got me and the thing that like tore me apart as like a person was seeing his wife and two kids and then at the, at like that, that was so hard to like process is that this is a person with a family, you know, and then this is somebody I, I used to know, you know, like, and, you know, and like, it, it made me like feel really, really hard for, for his family because they didn't get, you know, his children will never know a lot about who he was as a person, you know, like, you know, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's very strange to me that, you know, that that's something we, we now have, you know. In other generations, it was obviously way more common, you know, when you talk about Vietnam and Korea and World War II sure. going back further. You know, everybody's had that. And, you know, and that was so surreal. You know, every, you know everybody's got the, you know, car accident or, or X, Y, Z, and that's, that's always sad, you know. But when you start to have somebody that, you know, died in a war, you know, that, that's, that's so, that's, it's different. It's, it's a very different, very sombering kind of thing because you don't feel like you were that different from that person. You know, yeah. it wasn't, you know, it, you know, when you see, uh, you know, somebody who was a World War II vet who died, you're like, yeah, there was, I, I, I know, I know that. But like, this is somebody who was my age, you know? Uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a weird kind of, uh, so, I mean, I'm sure you knew this too, but I went to the military as well and lost some friends and, uh, and just like seeing people that we went to high school with and also people that went to like my home high school that, uh, died in the war and stuff like that was uh definitely a like a part of the world that i thought i would never know or understand and to like go through it and like you said just to like 
see these things, even people that you don't know necessarily super well or anything like that, that, um, you know, it was just, it's just like this humbling aspect of just understanding, like, this is a thing that exists in the world. And, um, now it's a part of my life. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, I, I will say that, you know, as, as a young person, I don't think I ever once felt somber on Memorial day. You know, I never, I never understood the gravity of sure. what, yeah. what that day could mean to people. And the thing is, and it's, it's mostly for his family like that. Like, cause I, I have a daughter and like, it would, it would like, it destroys me to just like try to put myself back in that situation to where I wouldn't be around for, her. you know, like it, it, like it literally chokes me up to, to, to the point of, of, of not understanding like uh, the words don't do it justice, you know? And so, you know, it makes me definitely much more appreciative of the life I have, the thing, the, the, my life has not been great, you know, you know, but it makes me far more appreciative of that. And I think that is a step in, a step in, a step in adulthood that, uh, you know, like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's different. It's very, it's very different, you know, from when we were children, when Memorial Day was just a day we didn't have off of school, we had off of school, yeah. you know, you know, and we had hot dogs occasionally, you know, that, that. The the, 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 the the day means far more than it ever did. Uh, and maybe that's a, you know, you, I, I, you know, I hope other generations don't have to experience, you know, I, I mean, all, that experience that, you know, like, I mean, I, we, 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 we have evolved as a society. We may, we have basically less and less wars, but, you know, like that's, it definitely made me more appreciative of the things I had. Uh, sure. And, uh, yeah. You know, but, but we're getting off on a, on a, on yeah. A well, there. actually I was going to say, I mean, I hate to end a segment on kind of <laughs> like a down note, but, uh, uh, maybe we should take a little break, uh, come back and we'll, we'll pick it up with, uh, something another else. Beer. Another beer for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, again, I've still got Matt here. We uh, ha- refreshed our beers. Uh, my cat is firmly asleep on top of all of my audio equipment, uh, uh-huh. which is which is what a is your- sign that we're in the third segment. Apparently, uh, the third the third segment. Yes. Yeah. So, what is your cat's name, by the way? That's important. Uh, uh, my cat's name is Sid. Uh, he is he is unofficially one of the hosts of the show, although he doesn't uh-huh. have much input. Yeah, uh, no. ever. Um, except every once in a while, he gets really angry and he starts meandering about in the kitchen and destroying things and making it difficult for me to interview people on a microphone. Um, sure, sure. And, and just like cats are wont to do, I mean, if I was there, I would be destroying things and trying to distract you while you're recording. So that's that's very much uh, you know a co-host kind of thing. It's very morning zoo radio talk show i like it I like yeah it. exactly he's he's mostly here for comic relief and <laughs> yeah. uh nap consultation in case you, uh, you don't know oh, what yeah. to do uh All so right. so coming back from it um uh, you know we had we had kind of a darker session there just to kind of brighten the mood a little bit you said you had some other stories that you might want to tell well yeah i i i find myself as an adult like a lot of people have you know, bad things happen to them or traumatic things happen to them. 
And uh, the way I've always communicated with people is through the way uh, that I liked, you know, growing up was is comedy. You know, I think that you know stand-up comedians and comedy in general, uh, you know, is a very interesting. It's always it's always fascinated me. You know, the art of comedy and that kind of thing. But um, I find myself thinking that a lot of the ways that I deal with the problems and the terrible things that have happened to me is I tell people about them. You know, I, I, I don't really think that anything's off limits in terms of what's happened to me in my life, you know. And a lot of times, you know, I, I try to sound like, I mean, a lot of times I feel very intelligent, like I'm smarter than most people. But then occasionally I have times where I am like, I am a terrible, like I am a very not smart person. And like, I know that it's a very humbling experience knowing that like some terrible, like that I am, I'm a victim of, my own decisions, and that is something I'm going to have to live with. I mean, I uh, feel like all of us are, though, right? <laughs> like, just to, to some extent, like, we are just the victims of the terrible decisions that we make. I guess yeah. it's maybe but, more but, the recognizing of how terrible our decisions are and then being able to laugh about them later. Sure, but, like, <laughs> I, like so I, I find myself, I'm often the rube in my own story. And that, like, let me, let me give the, a great example. So all right. about, about a year and a half ago, I am driving to a friend's house. His name is Jason. And it's, and it's kind of rainy, and I'm not really ultra familiar with the area. And it's rainy, and, and as I get there, and I hang out for a couple of hours, and I'm about to drive back, and it's really rainy. Like, it's extremely rainy. And at this point, I realized that my windshield wiper blades have not been replaced since I got my car. And it's at least three and a half years. Like, they have completely had it, and it starts to, like, really rain. So I was like, okay. And I pull over into an auto zone. And I go in there, and um, I pick out, and I'm looking at the windshield wiper blades, and of course, they're all different values of windshield wiper blades. And I was like, okay. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to splurge. I don't have to buy these things too often. I'm going to buy the one brand name I recognize. I'm going to buy Rain-X. I'm buy I, I want to know how you know the brand name of windshield wipers, because I couldn't, I would have never thought of that. I would have sure, never no, known I, 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 I don't. But this is the only thing that sounds familiar, because I know what Rain-X is. Rain-X is, you see it everywhere. It's in car washes and everything. Rain-X, good stuff, you know. But like, <laughs> if you were like Richardson, whip windshield wiper blades, I'm like, are those good? Are those? I bad? just want, I, I just want both of us to get <laughs> Facebook ads for Rain-X after this. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, but anyway, so <laughs> Rain-X. Well, they're, they're not going to want to add me because this is not a good story. Uh, okay, but anyway, so but anyway, so Rain-X windshield wiper blades, and I spend a little bit more, and I was like, okay, cool. And the thing is, and of course, the guy at the counter is very nice. He's like, do you want me to come out and install them? And the thing is, and I, I did the most macho thing possible. I was like, yeah, I got it, man. They're windshield wiper blades. I know it's a U-hook, and you push down, and you pull it out. Like, I've done, I, I, know what, I know what I'm doing, please, you know? And the thing is, I go outside, and I realize I have parked in the darkest part of the, the, the parking lot, because I parked right up by the front of the store, which has, like, an overhang, but the light is out. So, and it's getting like really dark outside. So I really can't see what I'm doing that well. And so I take these things out of the package. And I, of course, I did the man thing. I throw away the directions because I don't, I don't need them. Yeah, I know fuck how this directions, works. Man. Fuck directions. I got it. And the thing is, and I, I very carefully maneuver the blade off. And I got that part within like two minutes. They were a little harder. I knew what I was doing, but they were kind of like gunky because of the elements that kind of, you know, made <laughs> it's them been a, little... a long time since I've replaced my plate. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they're not going on at coming off and going on as easily, but I finally get them on. I was like, all right, great. And I uh, was like, there, I replaced them. See piece of cake, throw the old ones in the trash, start, start, start driving down the street. Someone, the car, someone punch my man card. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I, I did it. You know, I'm a man. 
I pay bills. <laughs> Some, somehow that's always my, my go-to thing. Like, I pay bills. I'm a I, man. You know? I have pens. Yeah, <laughs> I have pens. Well, alternatively, the last time I got carded, I almost blurted out, I'm a man. I pay bills. I'm like, that does not lend credence to the fact that they're trying to card you. If that's how you justify the fact that they should be carding you, is you <laughs> yell at them, I'm a man. I pay bills. But, but I digress. But I digress. So, anyway, so I get the windshield wiper blades, install them, piece of cake, and I'm driving down the road, and I'm about to get on the highway, like a major highway. It's like 70 miles an hour. And I, uh, I'm like, man, these things are not working well. And they're making a really weird noise. Like kind of thunk, thunk, thunk. Like they're making a noise now. They're not even going that fast yet. And I was like, that's really strange. Maybe they got to like warm up a little bit. I don't, I don't know what's going on. So I get on the highway and I start going. And then, of course, fate would have it that um, the windshield wiper blades are freshly installed and are now making the worst noise I've ever heard my car make. (laughs) And I have it turned on full blast because it is the most torrential rainstorm I had seen in like a decade. It just so happens that they corresponded to this exact moment. The perfect storm of of, of like Travis. I'm like, what is going on here? And and like they're making an awful noise. Like it sounds like they're ripping themselves apart. Like if this was that sound was coming out of a jet engine, you'd be very scared. You're like, that is not... The sound it is supposed to make. And then I also noticed that instead of like moving water away from the windshield, my windshield wiper blades are now playing this weird game of keep the water in the middle of the windshield. They're like passing water back and forth between the two. Like water is not leaving. It is just kind of <laughs> floating in the middle. And I'm going 70 miles an hour. Nothing about what is happening is safe and or okay. Like, this is dangerous, and I can't see anything. I, I'm going 50 in the right-hand lane in a 70, and I'm pretty sure everybody else is because it's so torrential, but I literally cannot see anything. Like, if anybody were to have their lights off when they hit their brakes, I could not tell that they were not there. Like, the, there's no way. Like, just there's a giant pool of water. Like, there's an Olympic-sized swimming pool on the front of my windshield that I cannot possibly see through. And it's getting worse, and it's moving around. And, not, and my car is making the worst noise, so I can't really pay attention to anything else except where am I going. And I'm like, and then I'm looking, and this is like this has gone on for like a minute, minute and a half, and I'm driving. I'm, 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 I'm staying with traffic. I'm being very, very careful not to run into somebody. And it's just, it's just this torrential rain, torrent rain. Like, you know, uh, and, I'm, and then I notice, I was like, what is, what is that? And I look, and it looks like my windshield wiper blades are separating. Like something is, is coming, like coming apart, like they're already falling apart. And I start to get indignant. And I'm like, what kind of bullshit Chinese fucking bootleg windshield wiper blades <laughs> did I buy? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm so, I'm angry. I'm like white person angry. Like goddamn Rain-X? Yeah, like, like, no, I'm like, no, no, these can't be Rain-X. Rain-X is a quality product. I paid extra for this shit. I didn't buy fuck off brand A. I bought Rain-X. I bought the top of the line, and they're coming apart, and they're making a weird noise. And, like, this is not a safe driving environment. And I'm getting, like, white person indignant. I'm like, I am going to drive back there with this receipt, and then they're going to replace these fucking things, because these things are awful. And I I am like so angry about it. And as I drive, the noise gets louder and louder. And I notice they're coming apart. And it's like, uh, it's like, it's like, they're, like, the, like, they're like, they're being like stripped apart. Like, but it's, it's like a clearer 
thing that like is part of the wiper blade that's coming off of it like a sh- like I'm like what is going on and I'm I'm so angry and I finally pull off the highway because I'm like this is like I'm I'm not only angry I and, and very indignant about the fact that they sold me bootleg windshield wipers which I didn't even know was a black market um, at, at a reputable store known as AutoZone <laughs> and I'm like I'm so angry and I pull off and thankfully right there at the corner is a bank parking lot and I park under the awning where an ATM is. And I get out of the car and I, I take that little, that little like part of the windshield wiper blade that's coming apart. And I grab on it and I pull really hard and funk, it flies right off. And I was like, what the shit is this? It's like, it basically came apart. And at that point, I notice that the Rain-X windshield wiper blades have a very, very thin, very, very clear plastic shield to keep the Rain-X chemical on the rubber. I was not wiping with a rubber windshield wiper blade. I was wiping with a hard plastic <laughs> scrape the ever-loving shit caused my car to be a death trap in a torrential rain situation. And I'm like, I should just have let that guy replace my wiper blade. Like, I should have, like, because he would have known. And, like, nothing about what I did there was okay. Like, it is completely 1,000% my fault. And the fact that I felt even remotely indignant about the quality of the products I received, like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so, so glad I did not take, like, because, like, that would have been the worst, to drive back to the auto zone and have been like, I demand you, fi-, like, with, with, with insane indignancy. And then he's demand- just like, you forgot to take the stupid <laughs> cap off this thing. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? I'm sure if I read the directions, they would have told me to do so. But it was dark. In my defense, it was dark, and I'm an idiot. That's so there's fair. no. There's uh, I, uh, what's, what's funny about it to me is, like, uh, so I don't own a car anymore. I did for, for a long time. And when I. I, I had a car before I moved to Austin, but I totaled it almost immediately after moving here, and I bought a new car, and I got really excited about buying a Mini Cooper, uh, which is a great car. It's a lot of fun to drive, um, but the problem with it is the maintenance on it is fucking crazy expensive. Well, it's a foreign, foreign car. Yeah, it happened. Yeah, it was, it was just crazy expensive to do anything on this car. Um, but I remember even like like any time that I had to go to AutoZone to like pick up anything, like I I, I maybe maybe it's just me, but I would immediately just like give up any semblance <laughs> of being a man in the AutoZone. I'd just be like, my car is broken and I don't know how to fix it. And you like, turn into a, you yeah. turn into a teenage girl. You're like, can yeah, you exactly. replace my battery? I don't know how to do this. Yeah, I don't exactly. Need tools. exactly i would do that (laughs) now now to be fair i ended up having to do like most of the repairs on my car in the long run because it was just too expensive to take it to a mechanic so i would have Mm -hmm. to like look up youtube videos and buy specialty tools and yeah you know all kinds of stuff uh i still i don't own a car but i still own a whole bunch (laughs) of like Car tools. Yeah. Like I have (laughs) i have jack stands and like all kinds of craziness for (laughs) For no reason. It's just sitting no in reason, my house. Yeah, just sitting um, there, sure. But but I remember w- one of these times, and it was, it, I, I like, my headlight had gone out. Uh, the high beam had gone out or something sure. like that. Um, 
and it wasn't really that big of a deal. Um, but the high beams were like the running lights as well. So besides them just being like when you turned on the high beams, if you didn't have the lights on, they were on like it would use the high beam bulbs on low as just like the daytime running lights or whatever. Mm-hmm. So if, if this thing's out, um, it looks like I have a headlight out, which I technically don't. Cause if I turned on the lights, like I have headlights, like both of them worked. It was a different bulb. Sure. Uh, and so I went to an auto zone and I totally did that. I was like, uh, you know, like, can you install this thing uh, in my car? Cause I don't want to do it. Uh, and they were like, no, we, we won't touch a mini Cooper. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Wow. Wait, hold on yeah, a second. Like, no. And they were like, no, we, it's a liability thing. Like we'll probably fuck up the bulb and, um, yeah, we're just not going to do it. These are like really delicate bulbs. It's a really delicate car. You got to figure it out yourself, man. And I was Have like, fun. God damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> how did I pick the one car? That is that is simultaneously one of the least manly cars you could drive, uh, and also the one that requires you to like do your own maintenance on, like that no one will just like help you out with. Like if I yeah. was driving a Dodge Neon or I don't even know if a Dodge Neon is a car. I just I, put, I, I don't even know anymore. Who knows? I I put some words together. Let's uh, say but, it is. Let's yeah, say it is. Let's say a Dodge Neon is a car and. Uh, you know, like I had driven up with that and just like went like full on gay. Like they probably <laughs> would have, they probably would have happily replaced my headlight. But because I was a man driving a, a mini <laughs> Cooper, they were like, nope, man up and do it yourself. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. You, you've uh, made your choices. This is something <laughs> you're going to have to deal with now. <laughs> exactly. Like this, this is, this is the choice you made. This is, this is where we're at at this point. Yeah. So I love that it's like the complete opposite because if had I bought Rainex, uh, first of all, I would have gone in there and I would have, I would have <laughs> asked the questions. I'd been like, is there a difference between like this brand and this brand? I, I, I have way too much pride to ask the dudes behind and, the counter. Like it, it's my own hubris. It really I, is. But I have way too much pride for that. Well, what I'm saying is like, they would have sold me like not only windshield wipers, but I would have like bought like a new tire or something. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't even know what you could buy at AutoZone yeah. anymore. They just sold me like specialty tools for cars that I don't even uh. own. And I'd be like, yeah, this is, I need this, this to I need install right for f- to install my windshield wipers. And then they would be like, do you want me to install it for you? And I'd be like, yes, definitely. Obviously, I need that sort of help. I am not that sort of man. I so, have no idea what I'm doing out here. I need you to help me. Please, but please don't make me back. But what I love about it is that I would give up all of the, the manliness side of it, and I would have driven home safely. And instead, yeah. you could have died. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, was, it was very – nothing about what I did was okay. Like, nothing. Like, uh, I have no qualms about the fact that everything I had done was very not okay. <laughs> and uh, it happens, though. It happens. And, you know, I just – like, there's a lot of stories in my adulthood where I realized, like, I'm not proud of what I've done. And like I, th- I think, I think it's, there's valuable learning lessons in the middle of all that. And the other story uh, I, I, I like kind of tell people about, you know, it's like is the first time I 
defecated in public. And that's that's not a that's not like a story. You're like, hey, kids, gather around the campfire. Let's tell you about the first time I defecated in public. And no, I, that's. I feel like though you should preface this with like the first time you defecate in public is like using a public restroom. <laughs> no, this no, is no. not what you're talking about. No, you no, are I'm talking, talking about, about like I have actually defecated in a place that is very far from being an okay place to defecate. And the worst part about it in my like memory is that I was not inebriated and it was completely under my own faculties at the time. Like this was just very poor planning on my part, uh, you know, of, 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 an, of an immediate problem that I should have been more aware of and my complete inability to, to deal with it in a way that was not taking a dump on someone's lawn. And let me, so, so, like, like, so, so, so let me, let me, let me. I feel like we I, I, jumped ahead a few steps here. We did. We did. We did. So I, um, I was at a party and like, like I want to get with a, a good party, adult parties where people are talking about having kids soon and they're not, you know, they're not like upset about it. You know, like, no, they're looking forward to it and they have nice jobs and everybody brings food and booze and nobody drinks at all. And, you know, that's, that's very <laughs> go adult. home and there's like yeah. unopened bottles of liquor. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange to go to adult parties, you know, not, not adult parties, adult parties, but parties where people act like responsible adults. Anyway, so we're, ha- we're at the party and everybody is, is, is eating and having a good time and conversing. And the hosts of the party are good friends of mine. And I'm over at their house, and I was like, uh, you know, hey, I, I, I was talking into the hours of the night as I as I want to do, telling stories as I want to do. And I um, I had eaten a lot of food at this party. I mean, I had, I had literally picked out for like, I mean, I had bratwurst and hummus. I had had so much hummus. Like everybody brings hummus, and everybody's hummus is all the hummus is good. And I had so much of it and pita bread and uh, like. Just, I just like I had eaten way more than like a normal dinner portion. I was so full, and I was just talking and drinking and having a great. And I was like, "This is great." And then I noticed that the hosts that I'm, uh, the hosts are, you know, a couple, and they're starting to give each other kind of like meaningful glances to use the parlance of our time. Like I was like, "Oh, oh, oh. okay." And the there's, thing is, that I read, there's some and then, eyes going on. Yeah, here. yeah. So they're giving each other hungry eyes, and I'm sitting there going like, "Oh, I probably should." Uh, I probably should leave. Like, because I realized I'm the last person there. Like, I'm holding up whatever activities are going to happen. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, I, I get, I get. I'll be the, I'll be the person who leaves instead of stands around talking for 15 more minutes. So I get in my car and I start to drive, and I'm, I'm about, uh, I'm about two minutes away from their house, and I'm heading up uh, middle of Dallas and Midway Road, and there's, and I'm, um, I was like, you know what? Oh man, I. I actually really didn't think about it. I, I really have to use the restroom. Like I really, really have to use the restroom. I should, I should stop. And I'm about two minutes from their house and that's in the opposite direction. And I'm heading North. And I was like, and then I, um, I was like, oh, it, it'll be fine. I can make it, you know, I can make it you know, five, 10 minutes. I'll be fine. And then you know, normally I, I've never had a situation in my life where I was like, no, you don't have the five minutes you think you do you have to go now and it's an emerg like it's now officially an emergency. You need to go. Like this is not a this thing. This is you a can- problem. Yeah, this is a problem. <laughs> and in that moment, I, I I tell people I was able to have perfect spatial awareness of my surroundings in miles. Like I could recall, <laughs> like and I was like, and I became 
like Rain Man esque, and I was like, <laughs> and I knew like if I go down this street, it's three miles, and then there's a gas station right there. But if I keep heading north, I can go, and like if I keep heading north, there's a gas station at the very end at six thirty five and Marsh. But that's a small gas station. It's not one of those ones you have to like borrow the key from the dude, and he's Indian, and he doesn't want to give it to you because you didn't buy anything yet, and that's not a thing you could do. And so like I very quickly ascertained that I was in very large amount of trouble that there was nowhere to turn to go and make it in time. Like I was like, this is, and, and the thing is I went from like being perfectly fine and not having to use the restroom to like, Oh my God, my insides are trying to tear. Like I'm going to tear something. I'm going to ruin my body in a permanent way. If I try to hold this in. Um, and the thing is, and then at that point I'm like, how much did I eat? And I was like, Oh, I probably had like a, you know, half dozen bratwurst. Like, like I'm like, why was I eating so much? Like, what did I? What was wrong with me? And the thing is, and the, and the worst thing is, like, I'm 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 clenching and trying to hold hold the floodgates back. I'm like, I'm, I'm doing. I'm like, this is okay. This is fine. And I'm like starting to breathe like Lamaze because there's a food baby and it's struggling <laughs> to get out. And and I'm I'm like, okay, okay, okay. What do I do? And the thing is, I very quickly start to sweat. Like, I've never gone from, like, fine to sweating in, like, a minute, but I'm sweating. And, and, I, and, I, and I feel like, like things are not going, I'm going to tear something. I'm, I'm literally going to, to tear something or ruin my, like, my body in a permanent way. And I'm just, and, I, and finally, the, 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 the nuclear option becomes apparent that I'm just going to have to find a nice, quiet, secluded place to let loose the food baby that is, that is growing. Um, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not okay with this initially. I'm, I'm, I, I resist. I resist. And then my body reminds me that I have no say in this matter. And that is when I clench so hard that I'm a perfect plank while stepping on the gas pedal that I inadvertently accelerate like to like 45 and a 30. And I'm like, oh God. And then, and then I try to like, I'm like, I'm trying to control an automobile while this is going on and nothing about this is going well. And finally, I start to like, I'm like, okay, this is emergency crisis mode. This is, this is what you've been trained for. <laughs> How do you deal with this? I know there's no place. Like, I'm, cause I, I, and I, I thought about this too long. So turning back is not an option. Just like running back, like driving three minutes. Like, there's no way. I, I get the point to where I know that one way or the other, I have about 75 seconds. <laughs> And it's, it's awful. It's awful because I don't want to be someone who shits in my own car. Like, that's, <laughs> I don't think anyone it, wants to be someone that like, shits no, in their own car. You know, there's, no, there's, no, there's no coming back from that. Like, I ruined this car. I can't shit in this car. And so I, um, I, I, I very quickly, I'm like, okay, where is the best place? And I try to pull into an alleyway. And right as I'm about to pull into an, this alleyway that I've made my decision on, this is the alleyway a car comes out of it like and by the sitting to like leave and is waiting for me to tra traverse so that they can leave their alleyway. I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. And so I pull into the next available street. I drive down the street to the darkest part because there's no street lights. And this is a very nice neighborhood. This is, these are nice houses in a, in a part of Dallas that are like, you know, $350,000 houses. Right. And I, 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 I drive down the street to where it's the darkest. And I, 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 I park the car I turn it off. I look up and down the street and I'm like, okay, I'm just going, there's a tree right, right here. 
I'm just going to shit on this tree. This is, this is it. This is, I ha- I'm resigned to this. This is what I'm about to do. And I, <laughs> I remove my shorts and start to unleash the, the demon that is clawing at my bowel. Uh, and, and it's horrible. And the worst possible thing, because this is a quiet street. This is the middle of the night. This is like at least 1230, if not 1 a.m. Um, the worst possible thing that could happen at that exact moment happens. I'm looking down the street both ways, trying to hopefully not get caught. Because I, I don't want this to go on like a criminal record. I don't want to explain this to anybody. Like, this is not <laughs> a proud moment. I don't want to be, I, like, I don't want to become a felon. Like, who knows? Who knows the ramifications of the emergency I, I mean, find myself like, in? seriously, who does know the ramifications <laughs> of shitting on a lawn, right? Like, anyway, no one does. Yeah, this is not malicious. This is just an eventuality of, 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 of probability says I had to go somewhere. This is where I had to go. All right, so, and as I'm looking down the, the, the far end of the street, not the end I pulled in on, the far end of the street, I see headlights. And it occurs to me, that if the headlights move towards me, like once again, Rain Man-esque, I knew for a fact that it would be about 15 seconds before I came into clear view in those headlights as they came down the street. I would be an illuminated object shitting on a lawn in the middle of the night to the person driving down the street. So I'm, I'm, I'm by the road because I don't want to go by someone's house, you know? And so I panic, I panic. I I, I then, whilst defecation is happening, perform the very strangest maneuver of moving, like walking and pooping that has ever been done by a human being. Um, because I'm also, oh I, I, I also have my pants around my ankles. So I'm also trying not to shit all over my pants. So this is, I, I can't describe the body posture, but you can kind of work out all the details of like hunched over and then, Leaning back and trying to like goose step, like with legs <laughs> towards their house, so that I don't get arrested for doing what I'm doing. And I'm going the whole time. There's no, there's no stopping. There's no stopping this. Um, and so I, I leave a trail all the way from the tree to the middle of these two houses that are fairly secluded. And I just hope, I hope and pray that I don't lock eyes with anybody inside the house. Like that. Like I don't know if I could deal with the ramifications of, of, of being some sort of felon, you know? Um, and, and finally, the car, thankfully, that's coming down the street turns off into a driveway. I don't even see them. But I still, I still had to deal with that fact. I don't know where exactly on the street they parked. And so I finish, and, and in instant relief, like a cold sweat has come over me. Um, the, the storm has passed. The demon is out. Uh, and I, I very slowly walk back to my car like I'm, I, I, I ache like it hurts like my body is like recovering uh, as a newborn mother from you know a new mother from childbirth like I'm nothing is ever going to be the same about my body <laughs> it's just, it's just, I, I, I walk back to the car and I realize there's nothing to clean up with and I was just like no alright fine and so what I did I had a grocery bag like a plastic grocery bag in the back seat I grabbed it. I laid it down very nicely in my seat. And I just sat down. I drove home and took a hot shower. I didn't even take my clothes off. I just took a hot shower with my <laughs> clothes on to like wash away the shame of what I had just done. And I like I hope that the people I ru- like the lawn I ruined don't like think it was like some sort of like 
attack or on them or they're, they're lively. Like, you know, no, they've got people coming in. I hope they think it was some sort of wild animal. Because this was not, this was not a Just normal. Just leaving a trail of shit. Yeah, like why did they line? leave a trail of shit? Across, is, is this a message? Like I don't want them to read into it. Like I don't want them to be like, nah, man. There must be like a serial shitter in the neighborhood. He's probably probably gonna see a lot more of these in the area. So let's uh, let's take some samples. And uh, like I just hope they think it was some sort of wild boar or small bear. Like I hope they, I hope they're like, man, I didn't know bears lived in Dallas, and that's all that ever happens. I hope that's what it is. But, you know, and the thing is, all of those events are completely under my control. They just, they were just me not realizing the consequence. Of my, so, I, once again, I'm not a, I'm not, every time I start to feel like I'm an intelligent person, I'm above average intelligence, I have to remind myself that I am not. I am most definitely not as smart as I think I am. <laughs> and, uh. And and and, I, and if those people ever listen to anything like this, I, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves like. Why is there so much shit over here? <laughs> like, is it was it some sort of? Is there a bobcat? Are there mountain lions in the area? This must be a grizzly bear. You know, some sort of some sort of terrible creature. Maybe it's a creature. You know, maybe they're like, no, it's got to be some sort of chupacabra, some sort of legendary mythical creature that left. This massive bowel movement strewn about my very nice lawn. <laughs> but I think the reality is that they woke up and they're like, who the fuck shat on our lawn? Like, who I did hope, this shit? I Literally, hope, I who hope. did this shit? Yes, yeah, and, and why? Because, you know, like, because that, that, that could destroy them. As, like, they could be, like, sitting at dinner nicely a, a week later, like, and the husband just heaves the table. He's like, who shit on our lawn, Doris? Who did it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It just ruins their life. Yeah, later. it ruins their life and their marriage because he's obsessed with it. And the police have taken samples, and there's no, there's no new breaks in the mystery of the phantom shitter. And that's, you know, one of those oh, unsolved mystery things that they're going to have to put up and, you know, <laughs> wanted dead or alive. It's going to be on ABC primetime. Yeah. There you go. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Well, oh, I think, yeah. uh, man, I think uh, we're about at the end of, of the uh, podcast here. That was a brilliant story. I think we had a really good time talking about a bunch of stuff. It was. It was good. It was great, man. I, I appreciate the time to, to ramble on about terrible things that I've done and kind of, you know, once again, very therapeutic for me, very therapeutic to tell people that, you know, no, I'm kind of an awful human being. <laughs> Just, and... Uh, <laughs> Well, we'll have to do it again. You'll have to come oh, back yeah. and tell us even oh. how oh. how much more terrible you are. Uh, well, uh. Or not, not just that. Like, I've got I've got other stories. There, there's there's more there's more in my life that is just so like I, I believe I've had some unique experiences, and I believe that they are they would be fascinating to others. Well, right on. Well, we'll definitely we'll definitely do this again some point. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. Um, it was it was great having you. Uh, thanks to everyone that's listening. Uh, if you're listening, you like what you hear, uh, you know, follow our Twitter page, uh, Facebook, uh, check us out on Patreon. Uh, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.